Do you know what it will entice you to clean? If your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products. Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut. It cleans like Clorox and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Almost Famous Podcast. Today, I have a special guest host. Ari Leyendijk is here. Welcome him, everyone. Hello. Ben is traveling, so Ari's filling in, and we're going to talk all about the episode. And then we have some special guests on, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Hey, Ari, how's life right now? You had a whole month. Was it a whole month in Hawaii? Yes, I was in Hawaii for a month. It was not all that bad, I have to say. It was pretty awesome. Um, first off, thank you guys for having me. I feel very honored. So, Ben, wherever you are, thank you, brother. This is really cool to be on with you. And I'd love, I can't wait to chat about the episode. Actually, full disclosure, this is the first episode I've watched in two years. What? I thought you guys used to do like YouTube recaps. Two seasons. Okay. Two, se- two seasons. Yep. So, since. Um, Peter's season okay so yeah it was, it's been a while so you didn't watch Tasha's season oh i watched the first part of claire's season did not watch Tasha's season is that because you felt like you you know claire better 
no, I just got a bunch of kids and I, don't to- <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of kids and not a lot of time. That's awesome. So I guess if I ask you how you feel about Katie Thurston and Blake Moyne's breakup, you don't have much to say. Zero to say. I mean, I didn't watch her season. Um, I feel bad that they broke up. You know, that's not not what we want to see out of an ending. But uh, yeah, I didn't watch our season, so I don't have much input there. Well, I guess I have to give my two cents on it. Um, Ben did talk about it briefly in yesterday's mini episode. And I guess I like I guess I didn't see them going the long haul. I mean, as horrible as that is to say, like there was just like something missing a lot with them, either on um, after the final rose during the proposal. It just seemed like he was a little bit hesitant to propose. Mm. I don't know. There was something missing there, but I didn't think they would break up this fast. Like that's only like four months as boyfriend and girlfriend or fiancés, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, that is quick. Um, You think they would have like hung it out a little bit to do, I don't know, some appearances together and have some fun travel. I mean, that beginning stage is just a whirlwind. So it's kind of, they must've been pretty incompatible. (laughs) I know. know. (laughs) And to think back on the last few episodes and the fact that Greg was seemingly going to be her final pick. And I just wonder if watching that back and the drama between the two of them just dented something for Blake and just made him like never be able to think about her, uh, never be able to think of himself as her number one pick. Honestly, and that is a thing. Like when you watch the season back with your fiance, it is um, really really tough it's like you and i are like the last bit like that we can't even speak because first off jared didn't pick me a lot (laughs) you you didn't (laughs) pick lauren at the end i know i didn't pick lauren (laughs) so it was really tough to watch back (laughs) yeah so you uh, can get over it so that's probably wasn't that probably wasn't their biggest issue i remember i think jordan and jojo like didn't watch their season until years later and i feel like that is a good piece of advice Probably. Maybe if you're the last one standing and you have the ring, just don't watch. Yeah, you know? <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, and then in other Bachelor news, oh my gosh, Chris Harrison and Lauren Zima got engaged. Now, this is something I did see coming. I actually thought that they like got engaged in April. If you remember that picture, she was like in a white dress. They were at a wedding and there was like some yes. very romantic caption. I was like, oh my God. So seeing this one, I was like, oh, okay, so here it is. I'm so happy for them. I find them to be such a compatible couple. They're both so, um, they're warm and they are so witty. Like, I can only imagine, like, the back and forth that they have. Yes, in private. Yeah, Yeah, I'm really happy for Chris. Obviously, you know, tough going last six months for him. So for him to have you know, this happy moment between him and Lauren. It's really cool. I'm really happy for him. I feel like all of Bachelor Nation is happy for him. So good to see all that love and support from everyone on his post yesterday. Yes, yes. And she just seems to be like a great support system for him throughout this, you know, six, seven months. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So like Ari, I know we talked to you back, I think in July when we first announced that I was pregnant and, um, you I heard you got a house yeah yeah well you were the one close on it (laughs) almost um we are in escrow now and 
It's all because of you. I, I messaged oh. Ari and I was like, seriously, the HGTV <laughs> podcast that we did with Gap Home, he said something that was like so inspirational that we hadn't heard from any realtor. And it was <laughs> that your money sitting in the bank is like kind of vulnerable to inflation. But the the money that you have in a house is far more secure. And we were like, yeah. oh, my gosh, that is brilliant. <laughs> and then we started looking at houses again and we found the, the only house we've seen in, you know, I, we casually have been looking for nine months, you know, sometimes more seriously than others. And we found the one house that we were like, yeah, OK, this is worth it. We think this is worth it. So it's kind of a house that we imagine ourselves in for like three years. Definitely like a first kid, maybe like second baby in the house um okay yeah, yeah. but we're awesome. we're we're excited and it's really all because of you so thank you <laughs> um, well you're welcome for the push thanks and then okay but like you guys just with the twins i i am more mind boggled every day about how you do it like three kids under the age of three yeah and like what's what's your life like um how how do you do it do you ever like break down and cry is it always worth it <laughs> i mean i'm definitely getting vasectomy <laughs> <laughs> amazing <laughs> but i mean no it's worth it it is worth it it's just i think this is kind of like uh a, they, i feel like a lot of parents they say this this little term called like a season of life like this is just a very difficult season of life I love them so much. And they're, it's just when we're away from them or even when they go to bed, we're on our phones looking at pictures of them. Mm -hmm. So we're obsessed, obviously. Yeah. But it is a very difficult season to get through the late nights. And sometimes I don't sleep. And it's just, you never really can have a solid plan. You have to be adaptable all the time so that you can handle it. You know, some nights we're crying. So, some nights I want wine, but I can't because I know I'm going to get up seven times in the middle of the night. So I have to be ready. I don't know. It's just a different, uh, it's a, just a different life, but it's, I wouldn't take it back. And I think it's, um, as a new parent of twins, it's really, it's, it's tough. Like I never realized how, how tough it would be, but it's tough for sure. Okay. So when we travel with our dog, yeah, it's enough. Like just with our dog in the carrier, I can't yeah. imagine having three kids to drive around. So how did you do Hawaii? Well, you know, we have a YouTube channel and I wanted to document like traveling, like how to travel, but I, you need all, you need all the hands you can get. So like, there was no way to get my <laughs> yeah, phone out. You could not vlog this. <laughs> I can't vlog it. I need a, I need a hand to be able to vlog. No, it's, um, yeah, there's like a bunch of little tips, you know, you can just check everything you can. Basically we had so many check bags. I think we had 12 check bags and, uh, but, strollers and car seats don't count so like kids stuff doesn't count towards the check bag number. that's like the kindest thing the airlines have ever done i know really i mean normally they're just like taking your take your money yeah. at every turn but that is nice um yeah i mean it was just it was exhausting but they all did really good they did better just prepare for the worst and then if it's not terrible and a complete nightmare then you'll be like oh we did it and it was, wasn't that bad <laughs> Now, you have one, you have two girls and a boy. What are the yeah. difference between sexes? Oh, girls are so much more work. Really? Okay, so this yeah, is good our, news for me. Our boy Lux, he's so easy and sweet. And 
he's like sleeps and eats and that is it. I mean, he's just very chill. Our girl, Senna, is just like wants to be held all the time. She cries more. She just is, but she's like full of life and is like very interactive with me. Uh Um, But just more work. I don't know why. I don't know if it changes when they start running around, but I heard boys are easier in the beginning and then Uh harder when they get to be like toddlers. Okay. Okay. I can see that. And just Lauren's belly. This is, this is what I've been wondering (laughs) for the past couple of days. I've like definitely I'm at six months now I'm at that point where like I'm feeling like some pressure my belly button is starting to pop out which I thought for some reason I was going to be immune to but like now it's like there and I was thinking about Lauren and how she carried two kids on her tiny frame like how uncomfortable was she those last three months she actually was I would say more uncomfortable with Alessi and I don't know why Huh. Maybe it's because she knew what to expect the second time around. Okay. But um, yeah, her. Yeah, I don't know. I think that'd be more of a question for her. But she she's like super mom. I don't know. She's she d- does pregnancy in a way that's just beautiful. And I think she looked gorgeous the whole through way throughout um, the sleeping at the end is just was really yeah. hard for her. And that was about kind of the big thing that stuck out, you know. Oh, well, bless her. That is very nice. Uh, <laughs> my last question for you, Ari, before we get into the episode, uh, is about your vasectomy. <laughs> is it planned? Because that's a great headline. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we were in Hawaii and it was really challenging because Hawaii doesn't have Postmates. They don't have grocery stores that are open late. They basically, it's like going back in time 30 years. I don't know what what it is. So it was hard with the twins because there was just less like help. Like you could like right now, if like, I don't want to cook dinner, I just order Postmates. There you have to go to a grocery store, which for us was like a 20 minute drive. And it was like very difficult. And this is when you decided? Yes. Then at that point we were like, this is it. (laughs) This is it. (laughs) My parents aren't here to help. You know, we just like, we just felt a little bit like overwhelmed Mm -hmm. And so we decided, I think, as a couple, that three's enough. I think we're we're so happy because we have our boy, we have the two girls, and I'm already 40, guys. I can't be wow. having kids any, any later than this in life. I want to be like an active dad. So I think I think three is okay. Yeah, you know? I think three is great. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to get the musical guest from this week, Caroline Jones, on the podcast and ask her all about the chemistry between Jamie and Michelle. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. 
For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, we have Caroline Jones, a country music singer and songwriter and radio host. Her most recent album, Bare Feet, was released in March 2018. And she just made an appearance during last night's date with Jamie and Michelle. Hello, yeah. Caroline. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ashley. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks. Great. So are you a Bachelor fan by any chance? I am um, not quite as much as my sisters who okay. have been kind of trailing behind for the past few years. But yeah, it's very exciting. It's been something that we've watched together before. So amazing. So did, first of all, I want to say that you did incredible. Um, Thank you I so your, much. I loved your performance. You have such an amazing voice. Um, was it how different was it singing in front of them and being sort of in that I guess, production space instead of being, you know, in a typical setting. Yeah. On a stage in front of a, a crowd, right. Mm -hmm. You're really performing yeah. for um, someone's very intimate moment, yeah. which is also being, you know, filmed. So it's a very unique circumstance. I'd never done anything quite like that. And I'm a super romantic person by nature. Um, and so for me, it was very heartwarming. It was very exciting. It was because we, we soundtracked a lot before, um, before they came in. And so we were kind of ready to go and they'd been on their date and he'd gotten the rose. And so it was a very, very special moment for them. I know. And obviously for, for me and my band. You uh, sang the song Chasing Me, which yes, just like yeah. Ari said, I loved it. And it, it comes off of your new album, Antipods which was released yeah. last Friday. So what's the timing on that? Like, wow, how great. <laughs> I know. Well, actually, we announced the album last Friday. The full album, oh, okay. Antipodes, will be out November 12th. Okay, well, so still. I'm really excited. Timely. Yeah. <laughs> and this song is really, really special to me. I wrote this song a few years ago about the kind of love that I always envisioned for myself and the kind of man that I always wanted and the kind of romantic values that I was raised with that I really... Mm -hmm. um still believe in I'm a little old-fashioned that way and actually it's funny when the song first came out it was almost three years ago um and I remember talking to my sisters and trying to like manifest getting it on the bachelorette because no we just thought it'd be the oh, perfect amazing. song yeah because it's he's chasing me and and all those values and all those kind of romantic dreams and fantasies um it, it's all encapsulated in this show so it's just so cool that that dream came true that's amazing so cool. and how long have yeah. you been singing for i've been singing since i was like 10 years old really young and um i've been singing professionally since i was you know out of high school and into college um and writing my own songs and producing my own records and just slowly building a, a grassroots career in country pop. And um, the past few years, um, I've been able to get 
a lot more of a platform and a lot, a lot, um, grow my fan base quite a bit. Thanks to Zach Brown band and Jimmy Buffett and Kenny Chesney and Faith Hill and Tim McGraw and folks have taken me on tour and really like taken me under their wing and introduced me to their audiences. That's so, so cool. That's so cool. That's yeah. Hopefully this sort of gives you a whole new audience now that they've seen you. I on know. Red and you know, it's very exciting. It's a, it's a very real phenomenon bachelor nation, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a very dedicated fan base. Um, and so I feel very honored to have that kind of platform to share my music, you know, which is my heart and soul, just like Michelle's bearing her heart and soul um, mm-hmm. on this show. I love that you're just like a true romantic and that you manifest yeah. and you manifested it to be on The Bachelorette and then it was. Yeah. So how, how cool is that? It's so cool. How was the date? Like, was it the date that you always imagined the song to be played to? Like, did they have the chemistry that you were hoping they'd have? Yeah. And the set that they created was so beautiful. Like, I remember walking into it way before this was like hours before um michelle walked into it but um it was just so beautiful i mean the the art team there and the like the sets that they create and the ambiance they create is so magical and um and then you know we we, you don't know when they're coming exactly because um they're obviously on a date and their dinner went a really long time and so Mm -hmm. we're all there in anticipation (laughs) it was really sweet yeah i loved it Wait, you didn't answer the question though. We need to know: was there was there chemistry? Did you feel their love yes. for each other? Did you feel it? Well, it is the second episode, mm-hmm. so I'm not mm-hmm. sure if love is the right term yet. Right. But I definitely felt some sparks for absolute sure. There was definitely chemistry there. There were definitely sparks there, um, and they're both very very sweet. Did you get to chat with them oh. afterward? Yeah, I did. I got to chat with them a little bit and they're both great. And um, I saw Michelle actually earlier in the day. It was, um, it's like a very interesting filming process and dynamic um, because of COVID you had, we had to be like really careful coming in and quarantining and cause they're like a real bubble, you know, but I did get to see her earlier in the day and um, she's great. She's really smart. I really like her. Amazing. Yeah, I think you touched on the um, art, team and production and how they create such an amazing um scenario and amazing set and Mm -hmm. amazing i don't know i guess place you atmosphere to fall in love and it is it is interesting i think seeing that from behind the scenes you don't realize how much work is put into that side of the show um and they are really like the unsung heroes to make the bachelor look and feel romantic as it is. And just having your music laid on top of that, it's just like icing on the cake, you know, it's really cool. Yeah, it is. And and when they were there, they'd also um, put together a whole amazing pool party. And I mean, they pull out all the stops for the show and and it it really, like you say, adds the experience of the contestants and obviously of Michelle. Um, But it really added to my experience too, because to perform in a setting like that is, just puts you in the right space you know lots of fans ask if performing is awkward at all for the two people we kind of touched on this before but is it weird just like watch two people kiss in front of you as you sing not really (laughs) I I, it wasn't really I think I'm just so romantic but I think (laughs) it was it was a little I'll say this the only moment that's a little bit I wouldn't say awkward but 
a little bit jarring is like when they first walk in mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my God, you remember when you were in church and you're like, oh my God, what if I just like burst out laughing or like scream or something? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I had that kind of feeling. I was like, cause, cause it's like the moment that they're building up to and then they walk in and there's the reveal and you're playing your song. And I was like, what if I just break character? <laughs> like, what make if I a just mistake or, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was great. It was, and once they got in and, um, you know, got cuddly on, you know, during the song and it was, it was very sweet. I loved it. And they'd been on a really, I mean, as you see on the show, they've been on a great date that whole day. So they were really, um, in a, in a special, like kind of vibe together. Now, I don't know if you've seen the episode yet. Have you? No. Okay. Well, towards the end of the episode, Jamie's a little bit vilified. So I got to know if that surprises you just based on the little bit you got to know of him. It actually does surprise me because he seems so sweet. Um, but I don't know. I'll have to, I'll, I'll let you know after I see it tonight. They won't let me see it ahead of time. So <laughs> as soon as I see it, I will, I will get back to you. All right. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for being here. So if people want to get the song that you performed on the show, Chasing yeah. Me, is it available on Spotify and Apple yeah. Music? Chasing Me is available on all platforms. The music videos on YouTube and it stars Cody Walker. That's a very romantic video. If you're, if you're a Bachelor Nation member, you would like that video. And um, yeah, it's all available and you can pre-order my album Antipodes now. Thank you so much for yeah. being here. Thank Thank you, you guys. What a pleasure. Bye. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Ari, it is my favorite time of the podcast. Time to break down the episode. We got episode two, and I thought it was so much better than episode one. Praise, praise, praise. Um, But you didn't watch episode one. This is the first episode you've watched in a year. (laughs) But the thing is, like, the first episode's never, like, no. No, it's you have to get through the first one and meet everyone to build sort of the I don't know, build up to the second one. Right. The second episode is always when it kicks off for me, at least. 
Uh-huh. I completely the intros, agree. The intros are kind of like, I don't know, antiquated. Too formulaic. They need, to, they need to mix it up. I've even told the producers to their face. I'm like, you guys, yeah. night one, you need to read. You need to redo something. Just drags on. Yeah. Uh, Jared has a good idea for a future season to have 15 cast members to just have 15. But like for them to be like the prime ones. So we don't have anybody forgettable, like anybody that you just know is going to be eliminated in the first few episodes. Yeah. Really get to know everyone. Anyway. OK, so let's get into uh, part one which is basically the first group date. And that is a classroom simulation, kind of similar to what like Jared and I did on Tasha season. But this makes even more sense because, you know, she's a teacher. teacher. They do math, they do spelling, they do a little chemistry. And the big dr- the, the drama storyline in this is the pizzapreneur, Peter, <laughs> is apparently also like a little bit of a drama queen slash narcissist according to um what's his name who who's called him a narcissist when he held up the sign that said what's spell narcissist yeah peter yeah i forget his name but that was that was funny i thought it was funny too i thought peter in the first episode was really entertaining and now i just see he's like kind of a dick yeah what's your take on him yeah, I feel like he has uh, villain vibes. He's going to stick around for a couple episodes because he's going to make the show interesting, I think. A thousand percent. You know? Is there anything else that stood out to you about that that scene? That date? Yeah. Oh, the scene, not really. I mean, I feel like he did come across like over aggravated and, I don't know, defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the date overall was really cool. I thought the kids were really switched on and funny. I feel like fifth graders are way smarter than I remember. <laughs> and <laughs> I would have totally bombed on the spelling as well. The spelling was tricky. With protein, I was like, I before E. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, that is how you spell protein. <laughs> <laughs> um, then that drama between the two of them kind of carries on to the night section of the date. Michelle ends up hearing the fight and then she pulls Peter aside and says like, hey, if that's how you deal with drama, just by like yelling, like, I don't know if this is going to be if you're like the kind of person for me. She kind of gives him a slide. Uh, But the big standout towards the night portion was Brendan, who he's like Mr. Suave, right? Like, yeah, very smooth. Can't spell, but he's smooth. <laughs> yes. He doesn't have like a lot to say other than like the flirty lines. I like, can't say how I like really know the guy, but he um he's he's um wooing her. Yeah, you could tell that she was feeling him. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed throughout the episode, which I picked up on her, she's a very she leans in during all the conversations, mm-hmm. which is like very inviting for men. You know, she's not sitting back or sitting straight or proper she's like very engaged yes i felt like she could kiss the guys at any moment like they had the invitation yes i was like is she like leaning in and you're like no i think she's just talking that way and then i was like i felt like she wanted to kiss everybody there me too me too rick was somebody who i was actually surprised that she was down to kiss he showed up last week um, in a room service tray and his face was like in a salad plate. 
You probably, you may have seen that. No. <laughs> so like, I don't know that his like entrance is night one was like the sexiest thing to her. Yeah. But then they played Mad Libs and then she went in for it or he went in for yeah. it and she was cool with it. Yeah. I mean, kudos. You know, I, I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. As a former kissing bandit, I like it. <laughs> there is one guy who we didn't see a lot of in this group date who I think might have like an ego thing. Like he thinks he should have been seen a lot during the group date. And that was Romeo. He oh. he um said something about having his... Uh, his degree from Harvard in mathematics. Mm. I think that guy just, I think he, uh, he just thinks that he's the cat's meow. I like, I like the contestants that just kind of fly under the radar that are like confident, but don't like make too many waves. Those are usually the ones that make it far, you know, just Mm -hmm. quietly confident. Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree with you there. There's a couple guys that I just, that they, they seem to really not want to involve themselves in drama as if they've actually watched the show before. Like these guys are like, I'm not going to spend my time uh, talking about that or confronting so-and-so like I'm here for Michelle. I'm like, Oh, these guys know what they're doing this season. Yeah. Well, I mean, you watch enough of it. You kind of pick up on the trend. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So the first one-on-one is with Jamie and Jamie definitely made an impression on night one. Jamie's whole story arc during this episode was kind of fascinating to me. It kind of made the episode. So when he first gets the one-on-one date card, everybody starts kind of like hating on him. They put the scary music behind him because he says something like, I've got to figure out whether Michelle is compatible for me, whether she could do my lifestyle. And the guys are like, what? Why would you ever question such a thing? You should be worshiping her. And I was like, hey, I may not be getting the greatest vibes from him. And maybe I'm susceptible to the music. I try not to be. But this is a fine thing to contemplate and a fine thing for you to go into a day trying to figure out. That's probably health. It's healthy to think that way, too. That's how you would think in a regular situation. So Mm -hmm. for him to have those questions, I think it also would lead to a a more normal conversation between two people. You know, you don't want to put someone on a crazy pedestal and then try to live up to them. You want to see if you're a match. One thousand percent. Yeah, it's a good approach. I was like, this guy's just being normal. I like it. Then they go on the date to Joshua Tree. They climb. They they climb. That looks hard. That looked like a very tough physical date. Yeah, it looked cool. Yeah. Michelle is in such good shape and she's so freaking pretty. And I could like just like look at her all day. But that's on a different note. And they get to the top. And uh, they're really feeling they're feeling each other. Uh, They Jamie says, like doing things are what relationships are all about. He's helping her climb. He's being a good guider. Um, Michelle just like likes the way that he he's like handling the date, like as a as a great support system. Yeah. Uh, Anything else to say about that? Normally, I have to be the one to to. I don't know, boost lead the day. Yeah. Lead. He took lead, took the lead on it. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, okay. They like each other. And then I continue to feel the chemistry over dinner. And even though like, okay, I don't know what it is about him. 
but I like have some red flags and like weird feelings. Do you? Really? Yeah. Like I did at that point. And I was like, I mean, why am I feeling this? He's not really letting anything on to warrant it. Maybe just because he dropped like a huge bomb on his backstory and his life. No, but it was before the conversation. Don't you think maybe he was like had that in the back of his mind? Yeah. Like he was so he it like to you, the viewer, maybe you thought he was withholding something. Okay. But he was just like scared to like reveal, you know, what makes him uh-huh. him and his past. Could be, could be. Okay. So I don't know. I remember I don't know. I remember when I was a contestant I feel like that first date, you know, producers are like, okay, you got to tell, you know, tell them your whole yeah. life story because this could be the last time you have dinner with her. And, and that whole buildup is a, a kind of tense, you know, I don't know. Okay. I didn't get that vibe. Okay. Well, that's good. No, I like, like different perspectives, especially with him and, and his storyline right now. Okay. So yeah, they sit down and they talk about how she just had the best upbringing and like great relationship role models. And then he says that he, you know, had the complete opposite. You know, his dad wasn't exactly in the picture and his mom was so hands-on, so great until about 12 or 13 when she kind of got hit by like mental health issues and eventually led for him to like not always be at school him and his sister like trading off having to take care of a mom and be home like basically on suicide watch turns out she ends up committing suicide when he's 24 it's just like the most heartbreaking story like i just was very yeah. like it's terrible ugh. i was on a plane and just like my hands are on my head just like oh my gosh this poor guy well it's terrible so sad ugh, so, so sad. sad it's um, just really like i don't know it's like where do you go after that conversation go home and cry you know what i mean i don't know it's like it kind of ended it was like a very somber i mean obviously it's somber but Mm -hmm. it was almost too heavy like i know there's always always like heavy backstories and you want to spill your guts on that first date but i'm like dang could have waited a little longer for that conversation that was a heavy one Uh, michelle says that she was proud of what he's come through and to carry all that weight as a young person And she's amazed by how he's been able to navigate through all that. She says she's beyond impressed. And he says that he loves that she, like, didn't say, like, I'm sorry, but, like, sees how it impacted the man that he became. Uh, But then after that, we we go into they do pivot. They get out of that more tragedy. Wait, what was the more tragedy? The next step, the next is a group date, but the lead in is talking about how the coach has passed away. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So now you're going from one sad thing. I was so sad in the middle of the episode because just went from one sad thing to another sad thing. Yes. Lead up to the group date. And I was interested at the fact that they let him be on the phone with his mom. How do you think that went down? Because one, of course, the guys don't have phones. Which means yeah. that the mom would have had to reach out to a producer. And right. did you like ever give your parents or family member producer info before leaving? Yes. I did too. I did. I remember I like called my dad on his birthday. Yeah, I did that too. Little things like that. Yeah. But not a lot of communication, very limited, always with the producer next to me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if there's a dad to someone who's very close to you, I feel like that's kind of like 
we got to let them know, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. So, yeah, I could see how they, how they, you know, gave, gave him the phone to be able to talk to his mom about mm-hmm. that. But yeah, that was that. We're talking about Joe, and Joe is the guy that Michelle had DM'd about a year or so ago because they both were very involved with the basketball community in Minnesota. And then, of course, it leads into a basketball date. I mean, how did that even how did that even happen? Because these dates are planned in advance. I mean, there are no coincidences in Bachelor World. <laughs> I feel like they were like, we got to do a basketball date. Right? They're like, let's make a court. Maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, but they're like, we got to get a basketball date so that we can have this tie in somehow. So now we get to the basketball court and we see Joe and Michelle hitting it off immensely on like the warm ups. Right. It's like nobody else is in the room because they just want to talk about Minnesota basketball and they just want to play one on one. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the date was, I don't know, like I said before, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy conspiracy theorist. I'm like, I feel like they just put that together last minute. I don't know. It was all for Joe. Like, even if the coach didn't pass away that week, they wanted Joe to be the star of the group date. And I wanted Joe to be the star of the group date. So it worked out, you know? Why? Why did you want the star? Because because he was having a bad sad time yeah okay yeah, why not you know okay. if he's a good person and you know i think that's a it just is a nice little put a little bow on that whole little group date you know and you didn't even know that the two of them dm'd and that he ghosted her no i didn't know that i might formulate it i would have formulated a different opinion at that point interesting just well, because what would that i didn't be? know that well then i wouldn't be so stoked <laughs> that he, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? That he got the time and got the basketball date and then got the group date rose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I see both sides. Uh, I think it's, I think that he has a couple little red flags there, but I also feel like she likes him too much for like us to say she shouldn't go with her feelings. There's something like kind of destined there. I don't know. There's something in there. Yeah, there's 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 something there. All right. So they play, you know, group on group basketball, blue team versus red team. And the red team ends up losing, even though Joe is on that team. The blue team wins. And so therefore they get to go to the after party. But of course, because Joe must be the star of the group date, there's a little exception. He's MVP of the day, and the MVP gets to go to the nighttime portion of the date. And I don't think in real life, I don't think the MVP is ever on the losing <laughs> Yeah, team. I know. So, That's what the guys are pointing out. <laughs> the guys are like, this doesn't add up. You know, I tell yeah. them everyone's like, this doesn't add up. No. So Joe and Michelle have their little romantic sit-down one-on-one time. And they talk about how basketball was their first love. And Joe ends up talking about how he found out that day that his coach had passed away. And, you know, he says that I feel like you understand this in a way that a lot of people wouldn't. And she does understand the the, um, impact that a coach can have on a player's life, like on and off the court. Did you ever have a coach like that? Did you replace with, with NASCAR? With yeah, racing. with racing, you don't really have, I mean, no, 
because I didn't really play too many like ball and stick sports, uh-huh. but I can see how a coach, especially in a young person's life, can be hugely inspirational and obviously like a father figure in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see that, but no, I haven't had that experience myself. Mm-hmm. Well, you feel the tension, but like the sexual tension between them, they end up kissing. Uh, and then you just yeah. kind of know that he's definitely going to be getting this group date. The other guys that are worth mentioning about the group date is probably Nate, who got the first impression of Rose last week. Uh, they they just kind of have it. He says that he's yeah. happy that he's there and that opposites attract uh, since he's bad at basketball. Uh, and he says that he feels like not a lot of the other guys have the connection that him and Michelle have. He thinks he's getting the rose, but we all know you don't get the first impression rose and then go on to get the next group date rose. And and he felt a little slighted too when they, you know, panned over to him. His he was like kind of surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I love looking at the other guys' faces when they don't get the rose and they expected to. Yeah. I do hate how I don't know if she did this, but there's like when you're the bachelor or you know, you're kind of asked to go around the room and say, like, Ashley, you were great yeah. today, you know, but, you know, yes. but <laughs> if you've never been on a group date, the first person you talk to, they think they're going to get it. So maybe she was like, you know, Nate, I really feel a connection with you. You did great today. And then she went around the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Because that's like one of those things to get those awkward reactions on camera. Now looking back, like hindsight's twenty twenty, I knew what they were. So true, you know. And then they just cut it how they want. But it's always the reactions are always the best. But that sort of leads in, and that's why you get those reactions too. Sometimes I never thought of it like that, but that's so true. You know, if you're I've never been on a group date, you don't know. You think the first person you're going to talk to is going to get it. Yes, that's so. (laughs) Oh wow! The only other guy I think to talk about during this group date rose is possibly Martin. Uh, Martin is the guy with the bleach blonde hair. You have anything to say about him? He's got awesome hair. (laughs) (laughs) Like I dyed my hair during COVID. Yeah, no, we're still kind of in COVID. I might maybe I'll dye it again, but I just thought like his hair was like the perfect amount of bleach in there the haircut was on was fire he's got a great barber that guy that's all i really have to say that i think i dig his style yeah you know he's kind of like the token commentator like he'll be around to like say things but there won't be any intense chemistry Uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right guys we're gonna take a quick break and we will be back with all the thoughts on the rose ceremony and cocktail party where all the drama went down what keeps baby skin healthy a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet that's why pampers swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100 percent leak proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy 
we have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so cocktail party, Ari. This is when it was dramatic because we see jamie quickly become i won't say a villain but maybe have a villainous streak he Mm. he hears that joe had had prior communication with michelle he also heard in which we're not super sure that it's related that she was seen with a basketball player around minnesota and mm. I thought my like my my interpretation of that was that they were the same person at first, that Joe and this basketball player would have been the same person and that he was thinking like, oh, maybe it wasn't just DMing. Maybe like they actually had a relationship before she got on the show. And this guy is like totally advanced in this process. But he also <laughs> says <laughs> he goes to the guys who's I want to know if anybody has like a leg up here. And then he goes in, tells Michelle, I don't care if anybody else has Has a leg up. up. (laughs) But I, yeah, he's like, because I feel secure in our relationship, but the other guys, they want to know. Right. I I was like, oh, okay, Jamie. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, so how do you know? How do they know that Joe has uh, talked to her through Instagram before? How do they know that? How do the guys like, know how, that? How does anyone know that? How do you know? It? Okay, well, they talked about that. So during the intro, during Joe's intro, okay. she, she turns, he walks away and she goes, is your name Joe? And he says, yeah. And then later in the episode, she reveals to like the audience and she and Joe have a conversation about how she reached out to him on Instagram and they had a very brief back and forth. Like she said, it's like two messages before he just didn't really say anything else. But because of, you know, their their involvement in basketball in Minnesota, like she'd always mm. kind of like known of him. And she was like a little intrigued, which is why she reached out. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So she fangirled over him a little bit. A little and bit. And he didn't. He didn't reply. <laughs> he did reply, but then he gave a lame excuse in episode one about why he like didn't make more of an effort there. He said mm-hmm. he he kind of blamed he kind of blamed like the George Floyd 
movement and just living really close to the epicenter and just feeling all these emotions that he couldn't really sort out. And she was like, if you didn't think that anybody would, don't don't, don't you think that that's something that I would understand? Like, that's just kind of, that's just like not an excuse for me. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I mean. Red flags with him. I think like that, because she's like you're just you're gonna ghost me but you're not gonna like be mature enough to have a conversation about that anyway um okay so then during this conversation between jamie and michelle she says is it to the point where these guys aren't respecting me and then he said yes it's getting there but really it was only like two or three guys that kind of knew that there was something going on with joe it was not the mass population of men. And mm. then when and then she gets super emotional about this, leaves the, the cocktail party, comes back, says to the guys, you know, I just want to clarify what happened between me and Joe. It was like literally two DMs. Uh, we've never met in real life. I've never met any of these men in real life, like never communicated with them like voice to voice or anything like that. And if any of you are like doubting me, mm. um, and you're then like, I'm not cool with that, and then walks away. Right. And then all the guys are like, um, what just happened there? First off, had, only a handful knew. Yeah. First off, had no <laughs> idea anything had prior happened with Joe. And secondly, uh, who's talking about this? Who's doubting her? Who's disrespecting her? Yeah. And all the guys start asking, like, who was that? Who would have possibly said that to her? And Jamie does not fess up. And what I found interesting about this is that normally, and like, I don't, really, I don't want it to come out wrong, but normally somebody who has a sad story is relatively protected by the show for a little while. But with this, we hear a sad story. We get emotionally invested into Jamie for a while. And then, and then returns, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that in- is that that was um, I found that a fascinating component of this episode. Maybe it's because he isn't there for very long. Could be. So it's interesting for us right now. But then maybe in two weeks, we'll be like, you know, he's gone anyway. Yeah, that could be I it. Or he could linger for a long time and she never. She never sees anything bad about him. True. All right. Well, then uh, they skip the rest of the cocktail party. There's one thing I do need to talk about, though, and that was the hilarious moment between her and is it Rod? Is it Rodney? (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know names. Okay. I love how we're still trying to figure out the names. I feel like it takes like episode four. You're like, these are the men. Exactly. But in the beginning, you're like, what was that guy's name again? I'm not investing myself into learning your name until I know you're sticking around for a while. It was Rodney. And he was a guy, Ari, which last week showed up. And he said he was a Granny Smith apple, but he was wearing a red apple costume. And she was just like, this is not okay. You obviously don't know your the differences between apples. And there is a huge difference between apples. I think I may have said on the podcast last week, but like, I find Macintosh to be absolutely repulsive. And I grew up with my mom only buying Macintosh apples. So I therefore thought I didn't like apples, but I do. I just hate Macintosh. (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> how do you know? How do you not know your apples if you show up to the Bachelorette as an apple? <laughs> I know. Wait, what's your favorite apple? Uh, the one that's mixed between red and green. I forget Fiji. No, Fiji's good. Gala's Gala Fiji? is good. Gala, I like Gala, Honey Gala. Crisp. Honey Crisp is definitely oh, my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True, that's a good one. I think I'm gonna go in the fridge and get one right after this. Anything but Granny Smith and Macintosh. Oh, really? I like Granny Smith. Too far in the spectrum. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, what she does is hilarious because she has some apples cut up. She's feeding him apples with a blindfold on, and she also like feeds him pizza, and he has no idea what's in his mouth. The guy like <laughs> thinks that it's lasagna. He thinks that like the green apple is a red apple, and the red apple is a green apple, and like it's just a hilarious moment. I just I was laughing out loud on a plane, and I loved it. Back backstory: This guy just had COVID two weeks ago. Can't taste anything. <laughs> poor soul. <laughs> <laughs> now that would make sense all right well at the end of the like so the, we'll get to the rose ceremony because the rest of it was canceled and she sends home daniel pj alec and i mean we didn't know any of them so <laughs> oh and pardeep uh yeah so okay the guys that we had in question like yeah. uh, the the pizza panor, no, he stuck around because of course he did because he's drama. Yeah, exactly. So we all have the, the people that we are invested in, either in a you know good or bad way. They're still here. Yeah. So we'll have yeah. to wait and see. Yeah. I feel like she did an amazing job the entire episode. She's a great bachelorette so far. She's such a good bachelorette. The ratings are kind of low right now, and I want them not to be for her i think she deserves people to see how well she handles this role do you feel like it's because she's gone second because there is katie and then michelle yeah do you think it's just too much bachelor yes for people to handle? yes 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 i do <laughs> and i really wish that she would have had katie's spot I really do. Uh, but, you know, what are we going to do? But I do think a lot of it's bachelor fatigue. Uh, it, there's been a lot of seasons in a row. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell everyone to go watch. <laughs> okay. And then you have to go watch more. Do you have yes. any final takeaways from this episode um, and what you hope to see in the future for Michelle? Anybody that you think, like, is a standout? Oh, my gosh. Don't do not do that to me this, this soon. Um, I won't pick a front runner just yet i will say that she's doing an incredible job um this is the first episode i've seen with chris harrison not hosting mm -hmm. and i felt like they also did a great job taisha is awesome um so you know i think it's it's worth the watch i will watch next episode and then i will give you my thoughts oh yeah I, right. I gotta watch at least two to pick somebody and to root for them okay. right now it's a, a little bit of a mixed bag okay all right, before we sign off, I got to give you the Bachelor Bracket Rule of the Week. Ready for it? Here it is. Batch Bracket Rule of the Week is plus 10 points if a contestant raises a glass and initiates a toast or says cheers. All right, well, Ari Leindyke, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always great to have you on here. Uh, you have to follow my lead in our sign-off, okay? It's, okay. it's a little weird, but you've been here before, so you maybe get it. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We love you. Please rate and review the podcast if it's in your heart. 
Until next time, I've been Ashley. I'm Ari Leyendijk. You've been. For some reason, that's what you, you've been Ari Leyendijk. I've been Ari Yeah, Leyendijk? we don't know where we came up with this, but this is our sign off. <laughs> I've been Ari Leyendijk. Goodbye. <laughs> Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.